Hello, and welcome to the I Hear Design podcast, your source for interior design news, interviews, and opinions. I'm your host, Robert Yaminen, coming to you from, once again, sunny South Florida, just a few days after Hurricane Nicole blew through the Sunshine State. Uh, we fared pretty well here in Palm Beach County, where I'm located, thankfully, uh, but it did do some further damage uh, north of us, and there's still a lot of recovery work to be done on the west coast of our state in the wake of Hurricane Ian. If you are able and so inclined, please consider supporting relief efforts on the ground by making a donation to one of the many organizations helping those who are impacted most. You know, as I think about these types of weather events, I can't help but consider how important the built environment is as it relates to sustainability and resiliency efforts. And while textiles may not be at the top of the list when thinking about sustainable design, you might be surprised to discover just how big of an impact specifiers can make when making product selections, uh, such as fabrics for commercial interiors, that affect not only sustainability, but also human health and wellness, which is more important than ever uh, in this post-pandemic environment we find ourselves in. In today's episode, I sit down with Heather Bush, Chief Creative Officer of Carnegie Fabrics, and Carnegie product designer, Mary Holt, to talk about these issues, as well as the trends and drivers behind workplace design and the role textiles can play in creating more impactful, comfortable, and sustainable environments for occupants. I hope you enjoy this insightful conversation with these two industry veterans as much as I did. Have a listen. All right. Well, hello, Heather. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, before we get into our discussion this morning, uh, I thought it'd be great for our listeners to learn a little bit more about each of you. Uh, I'm sure they've all heard of Carnegie, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, where you're uh, based, and your role at the company. Um, Heather, uh, would you like to go first? Sure, sure. Um, I am working out of the New York Design Studio. Um, been at Carnegie for uh, over 25 years. I lead innovation at Carnegie, driving the creative team. And uh, my passion since the day I joined Carnegie has been um, Zarel. Yes, definitely. Yeah, very familiar with that. I'm sure our listeners are, too. What about you, Mary? Hey, uh, I'm Mary Holt. I'm the chief design strategist here at Carnegie, and um, I've also been here 23 years, not quite over 25, but quite a long time. And um, Heather and I really partnered together to bring, you know, the best innovation and creativity to the market. Um, we're both designers, um, and we each have different sets of talents and skills. So I'm really leading the way with our strategies and, and moving forward in that way. Yeah, well, it's great. We've got a couple of industry veterans here, so I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of kick things off just sort of, um, you know, looking at some of the trends that are shaping um, textiles uh, and design and going into 2023. So really kind of my first question is that, you know, broader view from 30,000 feet, as it were. Uh, so what would you say are some of the trends that are emerging in textiles today? And can you talk a little bit about what the drivers are behind them as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think both of us are, um, you know, it has been always for Carnegie. We've been leading the way in sustainability. And I think today it's more critical than ever. And that's that yeah. I believe uh, that that's, this critical material selection is the biggest driver. Um, you know, our clients and their clients and all of us have, as consumers are becoming so much more um, sophisticated about understanding 
you know, what our choices, um, our choices we're making, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the impact that it has on the the climate and the environment. Sure. Yeah. I would totally agree with Heather on that. That's the number one. But also, I think, um, you know, based on what we've all kind of been through in the last few years with the pandemic, um, I think that there's a lot of trends um, and drivers about flexibility, about you know, looking at exper- experimentation, looking at things in a new way. And we're seeing that really affect um, pretty much everything that we're doing. We have to think of things quite differently than we did prior to the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I would echo those comments as well. I mean, sustainability just continues to be such an important uh, topic that we're seeing, you know, across our desks here at the magazine. And uh, uh, yeah, so much more interest and um, and I think desire for more information around sustainability and in terms of product specification, but also you know projects and how they impact like health and wellness, which I think we're gonna, We'll talk about uh, in a little bit here, but um, what about some of the colors and patterns uh, that we can expect to see going into next year in the workplace specifically? Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't think that, in my opinion, I think it's still quite undefined, right? Mm -hmm. Like workplace right now is really trying to kind of find what its purpose is, Mm -hmm. right? Like how, how are we getting people to come back to the office um, you know, what, what's happening in the office? Uh, what are we doing there? Uh, it needs to have a purpose. Um, and what's the role of the workplace? And I think obviously when you are defining the role, it's what the interior then has to morph to it. So I think there's, uh, there's so many different things happening. I, I find it fascinating to start to watch what um, the, the approach will be, and I think it's going to be different for every company, you know, but. I think the companies, the companies that are taking this opportunity to kind of rewire how they, how work is getting done and are paying attention to the needs of the talent that they are trying to retain are the ones that, um, are really going to be able to move the needle forward. And those companies, uh, you know, I, I don't see, it's funny when I looked at this colors, and patterns, I was like, wow, that's kind of what I would have thought about a few years ago. But now it's sort of like, it's just so much bigger than that. It's like redefining the spaces. How do we make the space itself, um, you know, have a, as Heather said, have a purpose mm-hmm. for solving the problem for the best way to get the job done? There has to be an absolute reason why employees are going to come back to the office. And so, you know, small, like, I guess, trend-wise, I would say we anticipate tactility, you know, texture, softness, inviting spaces. Um, we see that, you know, everyone's gotten used to working at home and they want mm-hmm. sort of that uh, comfort level um, in an office as well. So we do see that as, you know, something that's coming. And then, you know, to when you combine, and I know we'll talk a little bit about this later, but when you combine the need for maintenance and cleaning, but mm-hmm. you want something that's soft and cuddly um, yeah. that presents different uh, set of cha- a different set of challenges. But you know, as Heather said, it's really something that is I think very much in the experimental phase right now, and I don't think it's quite defined. And I think the companies that are looking at it and trying to be really creative about how to solve these new problems um, are going to be the ones that are quite successful in 
uh, retaining talent, which is one of the biggest, you know, concerns that companies have right now. Right. Yes. And you're you're absolutely right, Mary. It's like it's definitely individual, and it's about this people-centered approach, right? Like, what? How are we going to design the office, activate the offices to make it a, a place where we're fostering the human connection, right? Like having, and I do believe it's like this hospitality mindset, um, mm-hmm. you know, even just, you know, talking with a architect yesterday and designer and architect yesterday, they were talking about this concept of um, almost it, looking at your employees and everybody who's coming into the workplace um, as guests. Um, a real true hospitality experience and having an incredible amount of empathy um, for um, all the individual workers. Yeah. It's big shifts. Yeah, absolutely. Are you uh, though, are you seeing like during this transition, you know, as the workplace, you know, tries to determine what it is? I mean, we're hearing things like hybrid, but does that, you know, I don't think there's a consistent definition for that. But in terms of the translation into like colors and palettes and things of that nature, I know a lot of times when there's things are sort of up in the air, there's a tend towards neutrals and there's not a lot of pops of color. Or then it could possibly go counter, you know, with people trying to make a statement to draw people in uh, to get people back in the office. Are you seeing any sort of a move one way or another in terms of that sort of color, um, you know, color trends? Again, I think that's individual by mm-hmm. uh, sector within the workplace market. You right. know, there are always going to be those areas that, um, you know, tech that wants really pops of color and fun and inviting. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, I would say yes. I, I do think that people are playing it a little safer as far mm-hmm. as comfort um, and and it, it, keeping comfort in mind. So again, neutrals. You know, which are always, you know, neutrals and grays. Of course, we, we still see a lot of very neutral gray and blue. I mean, those are that hasn't really changed. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, and, and I think that has something also to do with um, safe, like people want to be a little bit comforted and safe right now with everything that's going on around us. Yeah. It also can go toward, you know, when you say sense of purpose, it also can be tied to the company, the brand. Um you know, we all want to have purpose in our lives, who we work for, we do, you know, what we believe in. Um, so I think interiors can also be very tied to to brand. So that can be very individually tailored. Um, right. We also see this, and we've been talking a lot about it in our studio, this trend toward um, authenticity and craft and um you know, classics, purchasing um, things for the long term, you know, definitely not disposable, which ties back to sustainability. So, uh, no, I think also, you know, that idea of comfort and safety, which, you know, helps us with recovery, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, and and two, I think, you know, in terms of sustainability, long-term, um, you know, products lasting a long time. So cleanability and durability obviously are top of mind now, like uh, in the wake of the pandemic, as health and wellness t- continue to be a big concern. 
um, how are fabrics being designed and manufactured to withstand the, not only the high traffic, but then also frequent, frequently cleaned spaces just for that, from that element so that they, they can hold, they can hold up to, uh, you know, the wear and tear. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that, there's a lot that can be done. Um, and there's a lot that we've been doing for quite a while. Um, I think the interesting part is now people are just a little bit more aware of it. Um, so we've sort of seen this trend toward um, health and safety, even in, you know, hospitality long before the pandemic and, and long before education, long before the pandemic. But now it's super top of mind. It's a priority and it's something that everybody's asking for. I mean, obviously, we saw bleach cleanability coming up as a topic and mm -hmm. we have a rise in our um, sales for coated fabrics as well because they're easy to wipe down and clean. So. There are different ways that we can approach it. Um, and one of the things that, you know, is has been always kind of successful for Carnegie is uh, with thinking about Arzarel and Heather, obviously you can talk more to it, but the whole idea of solution dying so that all of those attributes are built into the fiber itself so that they can't wash or wear off so that they will withstand repeated um harsh chemical treatments as needed for cleanability. So we see, we, you know, we've definitely seen a, a rise in the need for solution dyeing. And then the other thing that is also quite topical on this subject is the fact that, you know, the, uh, we're becoming more concerned again about the environment and the effects that stain treatments have in the environment. Um, there's some legislation that's being pushed through in um, California about PFAS, um, and that's going to change things as well because you can't if if uh, as we move toward PFAS free, which is something that we've you know already kind of put in place at Carnegie moving forward, um, the the ability for certain fibers to be cleaned to the level where uh, we're used to is no longer going to be uh, an option. Uh, so we're seeing it on, a little bit on both ends. So building performance fab fabrics with the, all the performance features built right into that fiber before it's even extruded is really, you know, the best way to go. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I as a tenant of the way we design in the studio is we approach it as no finish is the best finish. Right. So when we're designing textiles, we're really trying to think about you know, the performance right at the very beginning and veer away from any additional finishing if possible. Um, so I think we've, we've been ahead of the curve for a very long time um, in doing that. Um, and, you know, we all know these, these uh, as Mary has noted, these topical treatments aren't necessarily the best um, for our our physical being and the environment. It's a moving target yeah. too. I mean, I think that's the way that's, and again, that's how we design too. We try to, we approach things that from an environmental and sustainability point of view, we, we know it's a moving target. We're not saying that, you know, uh, it, it, we absolutely have products in our line that have PFOA free mm -hmm. stain repellents on them. Uh, and in the future, the, that will not be an option because we need to be PFAP free. So we have a different uh, technology that'll go on our stain repellents. 
but the PFOA free was the best environmental choice until now. Right. Um, so there's there's it's a moving target, and so we're ju we just always in our DNA. Everyone in the studio is always thinking about that. You know, what is the next step? What can we do to make it better environmentally? That's part of our creative process. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And speaking of the the wellness part of it, I mean, I know there's been a lot of uh, conversation around the impact of physical space on mental health and well-being as well. So it's not just the physical. Um, but do you see textiles playing a role in helping to support health and wellness initiatives? And if so, uh, in what ways? You want me to take that one? Yeah, uh, you can take it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been doing a lot around this. Yeah, we have always felt that um, textiles play an important role in health and wellness, people's mental health. And we, we've been aware of this for quite a while and actually have done, you know, quite a bit of study on it because we do sell uh, and create fabrics specifically for the healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's top of mind and has been uh, of concern. But again, what we've seen now um, is that this concept is not really only for facilities where health and wellness is your top priority. It's something that needs to be carried through into every aspect and every channel and every sector. Um, so we are seeing, you know, that that need again for tactility, for, you know, every everything right now is very still technical and hard surfaces and and there's this resurgence of a need for softness, tactility, and things that you can kind of touch and feel. Um, and textiles obviously play a huge role in, in that. And that can help, you know, again, with the way a person feels. Right. And, and doing all that. And in addition, having that tactile, uh, you know, textile comforting uh, softness and having, having it be able to stand up, have a long life, right? Um, be able to be clean so people also feel very comfortable with it. Um, knowing that it's, you know, disinfected. Um, because I, I do think that a lot of what we learned through the pandemic is sticking with us. Um, so we, we want to be able to touch and feel, but know that we can do that safely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think also when people have been, you know, migrating back to the offices, uh, one of the biggest concerns that we, that we get approached with a lot is about acoustics. Um, right. Because, you know, right. that has, I'm, I'm not minimizing like the amount of distraction and noise that does take place in an office that affects how you feel, your, your literally your mental health and how you can concentrate, how you can be productive. So acoustics has become a, as big an issue, as big an issue as cleanability and safety. And acoustics is an area where textiles can really make an impact as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is a great point, Mary. I'm, I'm glad you brought that mm -hmm. up. I know we've, we've been hearing that as well. And it's such, so important to mental health um, and well-being uh, in the workplace, especially. So um, we did we've already touched on sustainability uh, a bit, but I was wondering if you could um, kind of talk a little bit further about how specifying commercial textiles can really sort of support, um, you know, the design goals for sustainable projects. Yeah, we're seeing some, you know, again, incredible leadership in the design community. Companies like, you know, HOK are really developing, you know, material tracking initiatives and mm -hmm. all around interior design, circular interior design, developing tools 
So, you know, measuring carbon footprinting of products, um, looking at the life cycle analysis of them um, and looking at third party certifications. So that's that's a lot of what we've we've always done, um, you know, building up third party certs on our products, environmental product declarations, um, health product declarations. So I think that's what we can do to support the interiors, um, you know, specifier that we're providing textiles that we're tracking back um, and knowing uh, and, and providing the information that enables them to, you know, create these low carbon interiors. Yeah, and I think uh, you know I always go back and uh, uh, look. We had um, we had been giving a really interesting statistic from uh, Avi, Avi, sorry, over at um, the chief editor, the editor in chief over at Metropolis, and I think I think it's really worth it to just mention it because I think it's a very compelling statistic, and it's that the average specifier has 26 times the specifying power of the average consumer. And, and and a specifier in the A&D in, in one of the top 200 firms has 110 times the, the power. So I really do think, you know, the materials that are selected in these interiors can have a huge impact on our yeah. future. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that is a powerful statistic. I hadn't heard that one, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, is, it really helps, uh, you know, kind of put, put things in perspective. I mean, how impactful... Uh, the decisions that designers make when they're specifying product, I mean, how, yeah. how far how far that extends. So, yeah, yeah that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like a lot of the topics we're hitting on are things that have sort of, you know, emerged out of the pandemic. Like an, another one of them was just about, how, you know, one of the things I think we recovered was this idea of our connection to the outdoors. Right. And so um, can you talk a little bit about the ways in which um, te- textiles are being used in applications that sort of blur the lines between indoor and outdoor spaces? Yeah, I think, you know, absolutely. We're, we're designing for exterior, exterior spaces now. It's growing in every sector. We're seeing it, you know, we're, we're working on projects with our clients in all verticals, hospitality, healthcare, education, workplace. Um, you know, we're opening up the doors. Um, and these outdoor venues need to be as well designed as the interior spaces in terms of, you know, aesthetic function. Um, so I think that's one of the things that we've been looking at is how do we design products that can flow beautifully and seamlessly from the interior to the exterior. Um, so we've been, we've always had amazing outdoor products. One of the new products we're just introducing would be the Zarel product, moving it um, suitable for outdoor flowing right on through. So you can use it indoors and then it flows right onto the outdoors. And again, finish free, um, hard use, really what we believe it's the only um, truly commercial outdoor textile that can literally be hosed off. Um, in a space and on top of its bio base. So, um, you know, plant base, pretty exciting. Uh, and it, it's wonderful to see that. Uh, and it's a big challenge um, to provide materials that are going to perform and stand up to the elements. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
such a demanding environment. Um, so that's uh, great. Um, would either of you have any uh, close, closing thoughts you want to offer as we wrap up our conversation here? I mean, the only thing I would say is that it's been a little bit of a rough ride for all of us for the last couple of years. And um, just to think optimistically about this disruption as yeah. an opportunity, you know, for our industry and all the sectors that we serve to change for the better. I think that that's a pretty exciting time to be doing what we're doing. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. It's, and it's also, you know, with any kind of hurdle, it, it makes us all think differently. And I think it's, it's so incredible to now, you know, be working in different manners. You know, we're, we're hybrid. Um, it, it challenges all of us to look at life in a new way. Um, life, you know, personal and our work life and, uh, the impact of what we all can do to make it, um, you know, different, exciting. It, I find it, it drives innovation, these challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And purposeful, right. <laughs> Going back to that, but yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's really well said. So thank you for that. Um, so last question for you, uh, where can our listeners go to learn more about uh, Carnegie and, and your product offerings? CarnegieFabrics.com. We're there. We're there. <laughs> All right. It's simple enough. Great. Yes, there. Or we have an amazing studio in New York and yeah. we do, uh, we're really transparent and we also welcome everybody into our studio. We do studio tours and do uh, in-person connections now that we're able to again. Oh. We're so excited to be able to do that, but right. that would be something that they would uh, chat with their local sales rep about um, and, and yeah. to come in and see the studio. But whenever sure. anyone gets to New York, we love to meet with them. Wonderful. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, uh, Mary and Heather, for being on the podcast. It has been great chatting with both of you. Thank, thank you. you so much for the opportunity. All right. Well, for our listeners out there, uh, be sure to subscribe to the I Hear Design podcast and give us a rating if you haven't already. Tell your colleagues about it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And as always, be well, everyone. Mm -hmm.